Welcome to the Anime Backlog, a podcast featuring three weebs forcing each other to finally watch each other's anime recommendations. A note that episodes will contain spoilers about that week's featured anime and will have explicit language. You can follow the show for updates on Twitter at the Anime Backlog. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the Anime Backlog Podcast, episode 41 on this lovely Wednesday, or whenever you're listening. Uh, I'm joined as always by my lovely guests, Marcus Rothenberg. I'm not a guest, I'm a co-host. Hello. Lovely, not guest, Nick Sparks. <laughs> Clickety-clack, it's another roll episode. Ugh. Oh boy. What what in the sister girlfriend are we going to so, get today? If you're just tuning in, <laughs> if you're just tuning in, uh, I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking forward to the one hit kill sister. Let's uh, see how I feel like that is going to be good trash. Like I I've heard, the animation goes way too hard for good, the fucking trashiness. Good. And I'm kind of excited. I, for context, everyone, we're I, on a random <laughs> roll episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, was, I started doing that. I sidetracked myself. So I'm the host today. Uh, D20 episode. What we do is uh, we have a rotation. If you're, you know, if this is the first episode you're tuning in or, you know, what have you. The fourth episode in our rotation, we have a random roll of a show that none of us have seen. We have a list of 20, uh, 15 of which we, uh, us three have chosen. And uh, there, there are five uh, trash anime that are also on the list. So there's some bombs here and there. Uh, unless you're a guest host and assign us a bomb sometimes. Um <laughs> Thanks, Kelsey. <laughs> but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? She didn't assign it. It was a random role that she nominated. <laughs> she yeah. nominated and it ended and it up hit. on the and list. And it landed, yeah. And it landed. So, Woof. but anywho, our, our fate is decided by a D20 dice. Marcus, would you be able to roll that for us? I would. 13. Plastic Memories, another Dan episode. Jesus Christ! (laughs) (laughs) When will I ever get one? God damn it! He can't keep getting away with this! (laughs) I legitimately don't think we've ever rolled one of mine. Have Uh, we? Uncle? Uncle. Uncle. Uncle from another world. Okay. Plastic Memories. Well, let's pull that You have one. I have two. We've had one trash Everything else has been Dan or <laughs> Dan. a guest, and Jesus it's Christ. it's ironic because I really want to watch To Your Eternity, and it feels like <laughs> fate is really just fucking me over. Uh, well, it, imagine how I feel and not watching anything, yeah. Dan. Well, yeah, To Your Eternity and Marie the Virgin Witch were the two nominations you put up that have been on there the whole time, and then yeah. Marcus is just one thing taken. Uh, well, I don't know. Dice. Get better dice. I, I can't. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Marcus could just lie to us. Too. <laughs> right. I, can't. Right. I right. am an honest DM. All right. All right. Um, so plastic memories. Uh, seven point nine one on Mal. Ranked uh, seven hundred and thirty six, and by popularity, it's one sixty six. So it's up there. Okay. Um, which actually kind of surprised me. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with the show, but I didn't realize it had this much traction. 
Uh, the synopsis is that 18-year-old Sukasa Mizugaki has failed his college entrance exams. But after pulling some strings, he manages to land a job at the Sion or Sion Artificial Intelligence Corporation. SAI Corp is responsible for the creation of Giftias, highly advanced androids, which are almost indiscernible from normal humans. However, what the showbit shit is this? <laughs> however, power button is hopefully just on the, like, the back of her neck. I don't know. Um, however, unlike humans, Giftias have a maximum lifespan of 81,920 hours, or around nine years and four months. Terminal Service 1, the station Tsukasa was assigned to, is responsible for collecting Giftias that have met their expiration date before they lose their memories and become hostile. What in the Chobit shit is this? <laughs> Promptly after joining Terminal Service 1, Sukasa is partnered with a beautiful Giftia named Isla, or Isla, I don't know. Uh, she is a Terminal Service veteran and considered the best in Giftia retrievals. Contrary to her petite figure and placid nature, time is fleeting, though, and Sukasa must come to terms with his feelings for Isla before her time is up. No matter how much someone desires it, nothing lasts forever. I think that name is Isla. Isla? I think. Like, I don't know. Like, like Scotch? Like, that's how I've always heard that name pronounced. I, Isla? Is, uh, Isla? Isla? Whatever. I don't know. Unless uh, it's Isla Nublar. Or Isla yeah. Sorna. Those are the important <laughs> ones. I know. <laughs> um, Here so, at the Anime Backlog Podcast, we love Jurassic Park. I love Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> this came out in spring 2015. So this has been on my backlog since 2015. And I've just, I just haven't, I don't know. I have a problem. Um, <laughs> but we're getting through it here on this uh, podcast. 13 episodes. May as well finish it because it seems like it's uh, one of those where you you need to just finish the goddamn story. Um, yeah. uh, it's a Doga Koba series they're the ones who did oshi no ko and monthly girls nozaki kun and, and monthly girls nozaki kun uh also yuru yuri um trying to see if anything else of theirs i recognize i watched himoto uh, uh imoro chan it's okay. fun but it's not great huh. uh i tried to i tried to watch gabriel drop out tried to uh, watch new game they sucked I started watching <laughs> Shikamori, but dropped it because it was boring as shit. Um, I started watching Majestic Prince, but dropped that. Majestic It had some good stuff. And it had some, like, they came into their own, had some baller fight scenes toward the end. But man, was it just dog shit for so much of it. <laughs> These, this studio has done a lot, and I only know... A very little bit of it. That. I was like, I don't know most of this. I don't know. I, I've at least heard most of these. You scroll down this list. There are a bunch that I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck I've never is. heard of most of these. And they all seem to sit in the like high six, low seven range. Yeah. You know? they, have, they have so much stuff that's like six, five to like seven, three. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Who? But uh, oddly enough, Plastic Memories is their highest rated one that they've done. No, Oshinoko is. Oshinoko. The screen I'm looking at says Oshinoko is at 871. I am not good at numbers, apparently. <laughs> was this, like, this list, is contrary to stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's your average Asian. Um, that's an old Mad TV with Bobby, Bobby Lee. I remember um, that one. So, so according to this, Plastic Memories is their third highest. Third highest. Uh, and but why why is it in this order? What a weird sorted by 
members. Oh, <laughs> more people have interacted with this one more. I don't know what uh, that means. Members is how many people have rated it. Oh, yeah. So it's their it's their most watched show on Mal, or at least rated show, with mm-hmm. Nozaki Kun being two. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it's their third highest by score. Gotcha. I need to um, sort by score. What the hell's so yeah, idle? Yeah. Oh, is that just the music video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, Plastic Memories, I think it's supposed to be a, a tearjerker. Uh, yeah, tags on it are drama, romance, sci-fi. It's... I was kind of jokingly saying it during the description. It sounds a lot like Joe Bits in a lot of ways. So I'm guessing... <laughs> It's probably similar themes to that about like what's human and what's artificial. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, there's a lot less grooming going on. Uh, yeah, that would be nice. Hopefully, the AI already has a personality and is like a functional person before the main character meets them. Yeah. No, all you need is a picture book from your childhood, and it will fix your AI robot's memories. Yes, obviously. Duh. I read Pinocchio. He was trapped in the belly of a whale like that Bible guy. Like that Bible Pinocchio. Guy. All right, cool. The Crunchyroll well, uh, oh. page on Mal Link is broken. I'm I believe guessing it. it just broke. Yeah, it's it's on there. Yeah, there were okay, a lot of broken. Uh, I was really worried about Terra and Resonance. It, it had a broken link too, but mm. you just had to look it up. Looks like it is only subbed. No dub for this oh, one. Oh, what no. about Spanish? Uh, it's it literally on Crunchyroll. It is just subtitled. There is no dubs. Well, I mean, Spanish has subtitles. <laughs> oh, you want Spanish subtitles? That I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm I'm saying like, is there a Spanish? Is it dubbed in Spanish too? But uh, okay, thirteen yeah. episodes then, right? Yeah, yep. just yeah, just watch the whole thing. It does. I I I can't imagine this having any sort of payoff if we don't just watch. Through the, the thirteen, the is there a season two of this? Nope, this is it. <laughs> no, Self-contained. it's a one and done. Okay, yeah. So, well, you can get your Spanish subtitles, Marcus, but it's only Japanese art audio. <laughs> ah, rats! You can All also right. do French, Italian, and Portuguese. <laughs> Portuguese, we're re-zeroing it, baby. We're Portuguese. Back. Yes. All right, cool. Well, this is going to be our first part. We're going to watch these thirteen episodes after this little musical interlude thing that we have. And uh, we'll see what we come up with. Mm-hmm. All right. And then we'll see you guys on the other side. See you on the other side. Later. Okay, and we are back on the other side. A few seconds for y'all. Um, t- week and a half, two weeks for us. <laughs> it's been a while for us, <laughs> it's yeah. It's been a minute. Um, you know, life happens. But Plastic Memories, uh, 13 episodes. Random roll, my suggestion. Uh, let me start Again. with, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought this was going to be better than it was. 
Um, I heard good things. It has a good score, but man. It's got a 4.8 on Crunchyroll. That's out of five. That's that's intensely high. That's, it's not a 4.8 out of 10. It's a 4.8 out of five. Yeah. Anywho, so uh, before I get into my breakdown of my thoughts, what did y'all think? Me or you, Nick? Go ahead. This was dog shit. Yeah. It was it was there it was like a quarter wrapped in dog shit. There was like a slight twinkle and there might be something of value in it, but you have to go through dog shit to get it. So then is it really worth it? I hated this. Yeah, I can get a quarter elsewhere. <laughs> Dude, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm didn't hate this. What? But wildly disappointed. Um, okay. Few, okay, few things I for sure liked. Uh, music was generally pretty solid. ED specifically call out uh, mm-hmm. for loving that. Those the like rising and falling bell scales was just a really cool vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked some of the concepts that they had in the universe. Um, they made this obvious <laughs> from the very beginning that this was going to be a just gut punch final episode. And watching it with my cat who's dying of cancer on me while I watched that final episode definitely got me. Jesus Christ. Okay. But didn't do nearly enough with the world building, despite having this kind of cool concept of like, what if androids were part of everyday life and existing and just that it was just this emotional, like what happens when we just take them away. And then also did not do nearly enough to develop the relationship between the main characters to make me care as much as I should. Like that final episode I thought was pretty well executed, but everything up until that final episode did not get, make me care enough about the relationship to really just wreck me. The final mm. episode was so weird because it was like a, I know y'all expect me to be invested right now, but I'm not. Like we didn't, this isn't earned. We didn't do enough to get here. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty much on the same page, obviously to varying degrees, but man, it's like someone was like, yo, let's, let's take a, a, a walk to remember and then mash it with Blade Runner and just make it really fucking shitty. Who would have thought we would then, ever get a Mandy Moore reference on the podcast? <laughs> and, uh, well, we got Nicholas Spar- uh, uh, Sparks, Sparks, I don't know, right? Sparks. Uh, on, on, on the, on the, on the cast. So, um, and, and they're like, well, uh, we need some characters other than the main protagonist and, uh, underage child that he's trying to woo uh let's uh okay let's grab uh well the underage child is totally not ray ayanami the red-headed girl is a hundred percent in no way asuka langley soryu and um oh we got to have some sort of older boss type mother figure who drinks too much oh that's definitely not misato (laughs) and Let's have uh, one of the best voice actors in the industry play the sleaziest douchebag, like, Spike ripoff. I had so many problems with so much of this show. And because I I suggested it because um, I was like, oh, premise is 
very interesting. I, I like, I really love sci-fi elements and, you know, again, exploring very human things with non-human characters is always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, having this comparison of like, you know, just the end of life cycle of, you know, when you know something's going to come up and then how people process that. I was like, oh, lovely. This is going to be, this, this is going to wreck me. Well, going into it at least. <sighs> and the, the ending still had a bit of a punch because they still did it well enough, but everything was so unearned. Just so many things just not capitalized on at all. Like this whole plot of people going into like their wanderer mode and going nuts. I'm like, well, Dude. we barely touched that. Man, and that was one of the coolest aspects. Like that should have been its own show. That felt like there were some fucking stakes there for a minute. Yeah, and then there just weren't. Like they were yeah, like, oh, right? that resolved itself. It didn't, but we're ignoring it. Yeah, and like I don't know, it's just bad writing. They had, like it, they had a good pitch, and they just couldn't execute. Yeah, like the like you guys both said, some of the themes and the premise. I thought I think the premise is great. Like you could really churn out a good story from that of this like concept of these these people are only in our lives for a set amount of time. We know this coming right out of the gate. It's not even going to fluctuate by like a year or even a couple days. It <laughs> you is You got like 12 hours. <laughs> it <laughs> Once is the timer up. Yeah, it's like you have a very set time limit and then the like exploring humanity within something or someone that's not human. I love that kind of shit. That like Blade Runner is shit. And I loved it in Vivi as well. But, and even some of the parts of Ergo Proxy, like with the, with the little kid character, like that Mm, was a good way to explore that. But in this, it was like, we have this dope premise. We set the scene. Great. We're going to do nothing with it now. Like we're, yeah. And, and then and everything was earlier. It's uh, you have a great allegory here between like humans and pets, like their relationship mm-hmm. being much lo- like humans existing much longer and having to continue on after the pet dies after about ten ish years. Yeah. So that allegory is there as well. Barely touch on that or use that to its fullest. It's no. so many and why ways make it a romance? Like yeah, I, they should just rip like- the rip that out. And just yeah. been like him showing up, getting introduced to this character. And I would have loved if they would have just been like, hey, we as her friends, which, by the way, why have y'all just allowed her to re- like withdraw for the last three years to this robot mode? Mm-hmm. Also, y'all need to get checked. But maybe this new person, um, you know, injecting a fresh perspective would pull them out of it. And then they work together as like a friend group, coworker. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the also this weird worship of their job. I fucking hate that too. Um, but the them like as friends working together to bring her out of it to enjoy the, her last days. That want, would have been so much better. I want more platonic love in stories. Like you can love someone without it being romantic love, and I want more of that mm-hmm. in a lot of mediums. Like you can act, you can deeply care about your friends. You can deeply love someone without wanting to fuck them. It doesn't always have to be <laughs> romance. Why are we turning it into this at every fucking turn? Yeah. And I'm so tired of it. And and the other piece of this show just wasted so much time. Like, how much was the sad sack boss on screen for no fucking reason? Dude. That, I, he's such a worthless character that was just hey, like a walking bad trope. 
Why yeah. do you exist? Like, why are you in this show? <clears throat> well, it makes no sense. I feel like this might be a relatively quick one, so but let's just get into it. <laughs> episode one. It's, well, it's because not a, not a ton happens. Yeah. Uh, episode one. Uh, we have our you know homeboy taking the elevator up because uh, the universe only revolves around him. Like mm-hmm. maybe summertime rendering where he's literally things are just projecting and rendering around him <laughs> at any one time because none of the other characters exist outside of him. And he's riding an elevator, can see another elevator, and sees a girl who does the very dramatic like turn around and the the, the tears drip away. Yeah. Like, it's very dramatic. Everyone and is turning very fast, but thank God the camera's going in slow motion so yeah. that we can see the tears ripping out of her eyes. And, you know, and then he f- and immediately falls in love for this, like, four foot eight girl who's been alive for eight years. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he got a job because of uh, his daddy had connections into uh, this terminal service. So the uh, if you guys don't know, the g- there's Giftias. They seem to be like helper robots. Everyone can buy one. Or maybe they're assigned to them by the oh, government no, it's, at it's times. It seemed to be very buy. commercial, though. Yeah, oh, it, it's it was, buy. And the implication was that these things were not fucking cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Because also they say, like, at the time of termination, like, oh, well, what we as the company can do, we can offer you a 30% discount on your next one that or was, a replacement. That was weird. And I was expecting that to go into, like, anti-corporate. Like, look at this. Look look how we, like, commoditized your grief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and to to but they didn't they, they didn't they're just like We're, our job's great i'm gonna say though as a business model i would support a business that if i have a thing from you and it goes bad or something you offer me a 30 percent discount 10 years later that's pretty fucking oh, yeah. great yeah no it's it's, 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 <laughs> like, it's still like good. if my mic goes out 10 years from now and Neumann is like, yeah, we'll give you another Neumann 30% off. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, oh, that was a great fucking deal. But obviously, my microphone is not a person, even though I treat her like one. I love you, baby. <laughs> but still, yeah, what? they're buying people. Yeah. So, but they have a uh, particular lifespan. I think I said like nine years. In- it's like. A couple, it's like nine years, three months, or something. They, they, like, they shot out some number that reminded me of I got flashbacks of rent, and they shot out some really <laughs> big ass number. And they're yeah, like, Oh, it's a little yeah, over it was 90 81,920 hours, which 600 is 600 like, minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which Man, is I, nine years and a handful of months. Yeah, I don't like rent. Anywho, <laughs> main character's name is we, one of confer- us, does, at least <laughs> confirmed Isla. Yep, she's yeah, not Isla. Isla. She's not one of the five deaths, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but she's. I did enjoy the bit where she would play the dumb robot. Oh, yeah, where error. She, she would say her. error and uh, ask mm, you to I, repeat the question. I did not catch that or I error. Can you repeat that? that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I did enjoy that. Um, and then they had this like, j- so in this job, you're paired off with a partner for whatever reason. And it seems to be almost always a giftia and a, uh, human partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they call him like the spotter and the marksman, like, which that is super weird. That was so weird. And I think, cause even in the description, it says like, oh, well we got a terminal service them before they get hostile. We got a spotter and a marksman. I was like, oh, we're taking motherfuckers out. 
okay. Like that Space Dandy zombie life insurance stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it all comes back to Space Dandy zombie life insurance. Uh-huh. That was, I don't know, that's one of my favorite episodes. Uh, and so, you know, they they go out on their first job. Isla is talking about, like, doing this job is never rewarding because we're ripping apart memories. And mm-hmm. they kept saying ripping apart memories throughout the show and stuff. And that is a big thing. Which also felt like a misnomer. Like, it didn't yeah. seem like. I wonder if that's a, was that a subtitle, like, translation, like, lost in translation kind of thing? I don't. Well, I feel like what else would it be? Like, I feel like you could just subtitle it different. Like, also, I didn't get this theme of taking memories because it's just, you're just turning them off. You're just turning the person off. Why is it tied to memories? Like, I I guess if they get a new, if they get a new operating system, they have, don't have their memories. In that case, sure. But the person's memories are still there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, it's really ripping apart a relationship, not yeah, ripping the relationship. Apart. It's yes. not the memories. And also, this show for like the first at least six or seven episodes would have these weird, lingering butt shots on all the and a lot of the female <laughs> characters. Like it didn't really sexualize characters too too much throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're just like long butt shots. And then towards the end of the show, we start getting a lot of feet shots. And it's like, what's 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 with anime and then like poorly disguised fetishes, dude. It's, uh. um, and that really problematic engineer, Eru, which was also like my favorite and also most hated part of the show, because she, she was, was horrible sometimes, but miserable. also really, really funny sometimes. I thought I enjoyed her. I think for the first scene, like, ooh, she's kind of energetic and upbeat, and then after that, I was just annoyed by her. Yeah. yeah. So, but th- th- they kept talking about this like marksman spotter thing, and I was like, oh, are these like combat androids? Because <laughs> You know, some doing some, you know, repo men type of bullshit. And it's like, uh, they shouldn't have had that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There, there's just like too many things that they had like thrown around, thrown on the dartboard kind of thing. And they just couldn't capitalize on anything. Um, yeah. Seems to be kind of a more common issue with anime originals where they just throw too much at it. And it's like this obviously, when you adapt from something, you have okay, we can make cuts and edits from what's already here to fit yeah. in our medium. This one, they're just trying to take a story and figure it out, and it seems to yeah. often be a problem. Because I think of all the Animal Originals we've done, probably only A Place Further in the Universe is the only one that felt really well-paced. Vivi? Oh, I forgot Vivi was an original. Sorry. Yeah. I was about and, to be mad. <laughs> and Viv, but, but Vivi, you know how it had its like two-episode-ish arcs for the yeah. whole thing? Within those two episode arcs, they develop the relationships of those characters better than mm-hmm. thirteen episodes of this show. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Which is wild because we had thirteen episodes with these people. Yeah, yeah. But then in two episodes in Vivi, it's like a damn. I'm locked in. I'm invested yeah, like the, in what y'all the, got going on. The two sisters going down on the space station. I was like, oh yeah. fuck. And then they're singing their song. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and. So, but they're doing their first repossession, and uh, this one went really well, really easily, because they're they're going with, I guess, the blonde Frank or something, Frankie, Franz. I don't remember the the tiny blonde boy, Zach. Zach. Yeah. <laughs> I was I like, like I who don't the know. fuck are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? I was like, I have the no tiny idea blonde who boy you're referring to, <laughs> uh, Frank uh, Zappa, and um. <laughs> 
they get taken out in one, and it's just like, like what young adult uh, Giftia with this older couple, uh, and they've already signed the paperwork because they apparently they show up a couple you know a week or so before mm. try and get you to to sign the waiver, sign it away, blah blah blah, and then they show up the day of or day before whatever you've agreed to to take them, put them in their fancy like uh, reverse Domino's delivery van. And yeah, I didn't get that either. Like <laughs> because they didn't, they clearly didn't need it. Yeah, I, <laughs> later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but why why do Domino's have funny vans for their pizzas? Anywho, um, they just doing shit, baby. Yeah, uh, Domino's is an anime original. Hey, they're <laughs> they were filling potholes in in certain cities and like spray painting their logo over. Hey. They got a whiteboard. They're throwing everything at the whiteboard. <laughs> hmm. Should we make our pizzas better? No. We'll fill the potholes. <laughs> this city infrastructure needs so much help. Yeah. Definitely not our crust. Anywho. Uh, so we get more weird long shots of Isla's butt. Um, but then they start talking about the like end of life options. They talk about the OS replacement program. And mm-hmm. like you can... Get a discount for the new one, blah, blah, blah. And, but then we start getting little snip, snippets into Isla's psyche because she says something about, like, I wish I'd done, I wish I didn't have memories. And then, so this is the kind of the overarching <laughs> modus operandi we got for Isla for the rest of the show is that memories are painful, making them, losing them, every, you know, all relationships. And, you know, I was down. Because I'm like, yeah, that that makes sense. You know, just avoiding pain is easier than dealing with it. Dealing with it, yeah. Or at least in the moment, right? Even though it may not be healthy. Or you think it is at least yeah. in that moment. It's like, a, oh, I would give anything for this pain to be not a problem. That would be easier. And, and I was like, oh, man, is this going to be some, like, death with dignity type of conversation? Which, you know, I always like to, like, talk about. Or, nope, it wasn't. <laughs> and, uh... And then I wrote, like, man, I think the show's going to hurt me real bad. Because the first episode, other than some of the weird shots, was setting up for something very interesting. And then we get to episode yeah. two. Well, oh. the end of two is the... End of one. They, they finally... Or sorry, end of one is when they finally convince Grandma to let them take Nina away. Oh, yeah, because they were bringing over snacks. Yeah. And it wasn't working because Isla so, is actually bad. Yeah, the way they finally get make it work is by Isla trespassing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She tres- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Job. She trespasses, and the little girl's like, "You're, you're dirty." Ha ha. That's funny. I'll make you some tea. I'll make some tea. Also, this- you can take a shower here. I'm sorry if any kind of employee breaks into my property. I'm not gonna be like, "Damn, dog, you got dirty breaking into my shit." Why don't you go take a shower? I'll make you some tea, and then you can get the fuck off my lawn. No, go- leave. Go away. Yeah. Go take a shower at your own place. Get yeah. off my property. Right, right, right. <laughs> maybe Japan's different. Maybe 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 offering for someone to take a shower in your own home is like a uh, uh, a normal greeting or uh standard operation. I don't know. I I didn't read that SOP. And <laughs> so episode 2 we get to meet um one of the other characters in the, the company, Yasutaka, who he was, I can't, I can never remember his name, but he's the voice actor of Nanami and 10 million other characters. 
Really? Yeah, the, the like green-haired, drunk womanizer character? That's the Nanami guy. Get the fuck out of here. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm, up, and, I'm upset even more about this. So, and it's interesting because it's like he did a good job of being a complete, terribly, like, horrible person. I will say that, actually, to the show's credit, I felt bad for the voice actors because I felt like they were all doing an impeccable job. Yeah, everybody was doing they great. Were just, they were just handed shit. Yeah, everybody did pretty good. Yeah, uh, so, Kenjiro Suda. Kenjiro Suda. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah. And also Makoto from uh, K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, K- yeah Kenjiro's been Are you guys going to hold this over my fucking head? That yes. I made you watch K. God damn. <laughs> yeah. Well, I made you guys watch this, but I also didn't know what I was getting into. <laughs> uh, um, episode two, uh, we see him. He gets dragged away by his, I think, Sherry. His, 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 his yeah, partner. Sherry. Sherry was great. She was like one of the few great characters in the show. She didn't get very much screen time, though. Yeah. Um, also, she was mostly just there to bounce off of him. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what would have made the show better? If Sukasa fell in love with Sherry, because she at least looks like an adult. Yeah. Instead of a fucking nine-year-old little girl. Yeah. It's okay. They're all nine-year-olds. That doesn't make it. That's weirder. Like, normally, it people is. are like, oh, well, it's not weird, because even though she looks like a little girl, she's actually a 3,000-year-old dragon. No, you're fucking weird. You're attracted to a little girl, you fucking weirdo. And in this scenario, you can't even do that. You can't even be like, well, no, it's different. She's not actually a little girl. She's a robot. Yeah, but even canonically, that robot doesn't live to see double digits. You're still fucking weird. Yeah, it's weird. And then it it brings up weird conversations about like, oh, but they were programmed to be mentally an adult or something. And then it's like, well, this is weird. I don't like to go there. Um, They're also programmed to be bought and sold. Still fucking weird. Yeah. This is a situation where the society seems to view it as okay. The story seems to depict it as this is okay, so I'm just going to roll with it. But Yeah, I thought we were going to get that as a plot point. But no, they're just like, oh, office plays romance. Bro, and uh, they even say whenever someone, it was like Mas- fake Masato. I, names escape me in this. I don't give a shit about anybody. Fake ma- Redhead Masato Kazuki. is like, are you into Isla? Are you some kind of pedophile? And I'm like, no, 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 see, you see it. You all see it. Yeah, no, she We're said it. We're all acknowledging loud. it. And she then later on, someone loud. is like, oh, you're trying to woo her over? Let Operation Pervert commence. And I'm like, so it's not fucking just me. You all see it. Yeah. No, it's it was awfully problematic. Um, But then this, this is where we find that, like, Gifty is, they, they said, like, eat, they bleed, eat, pee, and cry. Why did they? Why? Why did they say, like, pee? I don't know. That was weird. Uh... <laughs> <clears throat> but then we find out that Kazuki uh, Kuanomi, also known as Misato, is uh, a drunk and invites the new kid out to drink when he's a minor. Sick. Yeah. Can't drink. <laughs> he literally can't. And um, she's a boisterous, sloppy drunk, as expected. Uh, thankfully, didn't seem like he ever or she ever hit on our main character, Sukasa. Thankfully, 
She she seems to have some standards. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, it was a Hanada or Yas- Yasutaka Hanada uh, shows up at the bar too. Um, they have a nice time, I guess. Just it's it seems like shit. a it's that moment seemed like a very like new coworkers just getting to know each other yeah. kind of relaxed casual. I was okay with this moment. Yeah, and then we get to see some of the like engineers that are attached to this division. I was um, not okay with this moment. The uh, this this moment, I thought, what what would happen here? Because we when we meet Arrow, but she was just hanging out. I thought, did she do she something? She was just hanging out. But the moment I saw a character with just giant titties barely contained in a tank top, I was like, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew it. And I was right. Uh, yeah, no, she was, it was rough. I, I want to say that she, her, her, her version of problematic was refreshing because I haven't seen that type of character, but she was problematic in all the right ways. <laughs> Just like they, they like overly excited to dress Isla up in cute outfits. I don't, I don't think I've experienced that in an anime yet from like, people of the same gender ish robot. Um, but then she like got really handsy and just sexually assaulted that other person in like episode eight or some shit. And yeah. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Okay. And, she, uh, and we'll get and, there and, again, but she even calls it sexual assault. Yeah. And so, then for whatever reason, the other person's like <laughs> reached out and said, yo, you want I'm to into to that shit. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I hate everybody. Everybody uh, in the world is the worst. But they're testing. Um, I don't know if we've see her like score or anything, but Isla's doing these underwater obstacle course testing things. things. Yeah. And why is this the way to test? God, I that don't was never know. explained either. I don't know, man. Uh, figure it's so that we could see her in a bathing suit, obviously. We didn't get a beach episode, so this is the closest we're going to get. Yeah, no beach episode, no onsen, uh, no bathhouse. We didn't get none of the staples. We, we got, got fireworks, coon. Uh, yep. <laughs> we got fireworks, coon. Yes, we did. And, and I was we like, did don't get say it. none. And we did get a summer festival. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although they did say this, this line, she's like, oh, you know, I haven't been warmed up yet. Someone's like, you're not an old car, right? <laughs> Which, <laughs> uh, um, in this episode, we get more Michiru. Uh, I liked her uh, that she had a like at work design, and then she had like an at home design, and the at home one was like braided up hair, kind of loose, little uh, frizzy, and then like glasses, and just super casual. It took me a depressingly long time to figure out who that was. Oh. I am I am a little ashamed to realize they were not the same that they were the same person for a little while because also when she's off work her hair gets way she gets way more hair. <laughs> yeah, it was a little like inconsistent. That, I'll give you that because that braid is real long, whereas at work it's like she's just got like two like cute little ponytails and cat ears for some fucking reason. I yeah, ugh, Jesus Christ! I thought that meant she was a gift, yeah. Or something like some Chobits bullshit, but nope. No, she's just nope. Uh, just your resident Sundere. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Damn. She soons all <laughs> over the fucking place. God 
damn. And I was like, oh, it's Asuka. This is fucking Asuka, just, you know, without the suicidal uh, yeah. tendencies. And, and no big robot, just little robots. Just little robots that she doesn't pilot. <laughs> just little robots. Um, but this is the episode that we get the drop of, you know, the big drop that Isla has about 2,000 hours left. Mm-hmm. Sukasa doesn't know this yet, but we as the viewers do. Yeah, so she's got like a, which translates to just under three months. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know we're blazing through, <laughs> just skipping stuff, but not a lot important happens. For um, what it's worth, I blazed through the show. Because I downloaded a Chrome extension that lets me speed up Crunchyroll playback. So I watched this whole show on 1.5 times speed. That probably didn't help That doesn't enjoyment. help, though. <laughs> I mean, I, it, I, oh, no, no. I would be... It didn't help my enjoyment. It did help me get done quicker. Yeah. Yeah, but... Okay. okay. Um, at least you did all 13 instead of 8. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, hey, I listen to my audiobooks on 1.25 times speed. And that's oh, sure, actually sure. for my enjoyment. Sure. There's, uh, in, in another show, not not saying this one deserves it, but in other shows, the pacing is deliberate and a part of the, the experience. I get that. But I, after about five episodes <laughs> of this show on I regular speed. I don't blame you, though. <laughs> After about five episodes of regular speed on this show, no. Yeah, no, I, like I said, though, I don't blame you. Man, this has a 7.91 on Mal. That's I don't heinous. get it. I don't get it. Heinous. Um, episode three. Um, there's <sighs> been this trope where the, the, the fat, ineffectual boss man uh, keeps asking Isla for tea because... At some point, Isla, I don't know if it's revealed at this, this point just yet, she stopped being a, a field worker. Operative. So she just hung out in the office and made tea. It just seems. hung out in the office. So I guess if you don't pay your gifties other than power, room, and board, um, I guess they can just hang out and make tea. But their, their department's um, An has budget problems anyway. Rule. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they drop on us that for whatever reason, the partnered up Giftia humans have to uh, live with each other. Because that makes sense. Because um, at least it was a super swanky dorm, I guess. <laughs> oh, it was a tight dorm. With no privacy, though. No, none. <laughs> Giant windows, loft, one bed. Yeah. Because Giftias have to stay in their charging chair, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, their, their walnut seat. Yeah, yep. that didn't look comfortable. And I'm glad they don't have back problems because after 20 years, they would have just been fucked. Uh, yeah, that's actually to, why they have a nine year lifespan is that their back they problems have back are problems. so bad <laughs> because of those chairs. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we built in the nine year lifespan because we realized they just go to shit after about 15 years. If we don't. <laughs> yeah, so, weird. Oh, man. yeah, he keeps weird. complaining about his joints. We gotta just we gotta off him right now. So Sukasa moves in. He's trying to engage with Isla because. I don't know. You're you're living with someone. You should probably be able to have a a rapport with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is. She just show, she comes home, takes off most of her clothes, and then just sits on the chair. She yeah. says, "Don't don't pay me any mind," and then just checks the fuck out. Just ignores him completely. I mean, do you talk to the Roomba? <laughs> 
My Roomba can't tell me their feelings. The, yeah. the only feeling they can tell me is I'm stuck. One, I'm not rich enough for a Roomba. Two, I've never seen a Roomba cry. Oh, uh, I don't know. They get stuck on things and they just beep very, very uh, incessantly. Um, <laughs> they're like, this This rug's pile is too much for me. Um, also, Roombas, you, you, can, you can get a Roomba for like 100 bucks. A hundred bucks is a lot of money for a thing I can do myself in 15 minutes. Yeah, but you could have a little robot do it in 30 minutes. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Why would I want that? <laughs> because you could spend that 30 minutes watching it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get a weird butt shot again. I don't oh, know Jesus why. Christ. Uh, and then we, Operation Lucky Pervert is what they call it. That's what it was. Lucky Pervert. Lucky like, Pervert. Oh, my And God. then I wrote, uh-oh, is this trash? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, this is, oh, what's his fucking name was like, just got to like walk into her in the shower by mistake. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Oh, my God. <sighs> Dude, this was also one like Caitlin watched some of it with me. Caitlin watched all of the worst parts with me. It was it was insane how oh. it kept happening. Like Caitlin would be like, "Oh, yeah, I'll watch an episode. Can you just catch me up to speed? I know I didn't miss much." And I'd be like, "Oh, this is what happened in episode two, blah 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 blah." And then we get to episode three, and it's like Operation Lucky Pervert. And Caitlin's just like, "Why are you guys watching this?" And I'm like, "I promise you, it's bad. It's not this bad the whole time, though." Like. You are hopping in on the worst of the worst. Yeah, this this and then uh, Eru's sexual assault kind of are the peak. Bad. That one Caitlin watched. <laughs> it, it was every time. It was like, did you secretly watch this show before, and now oh. you're just to troll me, hopping in on the worst moments? Oh man, it's like it's like the the memes where it's like your parents are like, "Hey, what are you watching, <laughs> <Yeah>. son?" <laughs> um, nothing. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah. So then, my notes at this point is really cringy, just unlikable. Why is that guy feeling him up? What is he doing? <laughs> Jesus, this montage is something else. And yeah, well, yeah, because they oh, also they go to the, the amusement. That part. was the other thing. There were so many slideshow montages, bro. And it's not like Why? they were saving budget because yeah. the the animation was like serviceable it wasn't necessarily like the worst most of the time but it's not like <laughs> maybe they just had a shoestring budget i don't know yeah and i generally like the aesthetic but some of the animation choices were just like why mm -hmm. aesthetically aesthetically i thought it was great to be honest especially anytime we got a uh, shot of the city i thought always looked cool where it was yeah. like sci-fi enough that I'm like, okay, yeah, this is far future, but also like grounded enough that it felt like our future in a way and not just mm -hmm. like wild over the top shit. Yeah, this was not an unrealistic view of like 2150 or something. Yeah, that's 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 how I felt. And so, and yeah, like, I mean, design choices too, I thought were like, aside from old girl who's got work mode and home mode, I thought every character like looked pretty distinct and their own, but animation was like, no, nah, we're not keeping up with that. Yeah. Oh gosh. But yeah, at this point they also go 
Jesus Christ. They also go to this amusement park and Isla is still like super shut down and seems to want something out of this moment where she's at the amusement park. But then like tells Sukasa like, oh no, I ain't built for that. Like literally says like, I'm not built to have fun. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. She's real sad. I mean, they even in, in, in their apartment, they even have the trip and fall and the dude falls on top of uh, Ray Ayanami and they have an awkward moment. And it's like, yeah. Jesus Christ. I've seen this anime. I will say the part where he's like trying to warm her up at the apartment, like trying to like befriend her and like do stuff for her. The moment where he puts on the maid outfit after he got hit in the eye and he's got the maid outfit and mm-hmm. the eye patch. And the eye patch. I thought that was funny as hell. Oh, yeah. That was funny. That was peak. And it it, it definitely showed that Sagasa was dedicated mm-hmm. to making her just talk or react. And then the part where there's like a bee flying around and old girl shows up. She's like, what is all this racket? And the bee lands on his face and she just clocks him in the fucking mm-hmm. nose. Thought that was funny. Yeah, good, good classic wholesome anime bolt, uh, uh, assault. Yeah, and then he's gonna try to cook something, and the first thing he tries to cook is a fucking flambe. <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah, I know um, that's the first thing I tried to make. Whatever I could, it wasn't ramen noodles or anything like that. It was, it was a flambe. So you know, and then so we have more of the the plot of Isla just trying to not be a human to avoid the pain. Uh, you know, you can't regret losing memories if you don't make them. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Oh God! I just saw right after I wrote that on my notes. I also wrote no trash alert. Again, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I'm sorry. That describes so many moments. <sighs> um, but yeah, and at one point, Isla doesn't accept gifts, even though Sukasa's been trying to give her a bunch of gifts. But except for this one weird little like keychain of knockoff ice climbers from Smash Bros. or something. I don't yeah. Know. Uh, Some mascot from the... uh, Yeah, from the park. The park. She does accept this little, like, yellow big coat keychain of, like, this character and, like, this big yellow, like, parka coat. Mm -hmm. She accepts this keychain. So, but, you know, at this point, I'm starting to get tired of his really forceful attempts to just get her to react and, like insert himself into her life mm-hmm. when it's like man she clearly doesn't want to it's not about what you want Sukasa. yeah At, like bro not everything revolves around our, our boy huh if somebody doesn't want to be friends with you leave them the fuck alone yeah. if someone doesn't want to talk to you leave them the fuck alone you aren't owed someone's time and attention or affection or friendship right so like that was the that was one of the big gripes because at this point in the show I was still down I think um, by a th- through episode three mm-hmm. but at this point I just really started getting tired of this like really forced uh, attempts by Sukasa to just put him, insert himself into their life and just yeah. f- like forcing this relationship and it was all Sukasa centric like none of the other characters had any agency in the story it was just about Sukasa. Desperately wanting to bang this eight-year-old appliance. Yeah, and every conversation in the show was about either Sukasa or Sukasa and Isla's relationship. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, every single one. I, I think, yeah, Bechdel, uh 
Rolling in what the grave the for a show. Of the Bechdel? I think <laughs> they may have talked about. No, I think. Never mind. Because I was thinking, like, ah, oh, Kazuki probably talked about Isla and their, um, like, partnership before, but it was all just exposition for Sukasa, who was in the room talking. Mm-hmm. They were talking to him. So, yeah, yeah that's I, pretty weak in that regard. And I don't now, know. This is just bad writing. Now, going into episode four and. By proxy, episode five. I'm not in, I'm not in, I'm not in. Episode four, okay, you might start getting me here. Episode five, I'm in. Episode four and five, to me, were the strongest moments of this show. Mm -hmm. So, in episode four... With one exception in episode five is, how the fuck did Shota get into the lockdown... (laughs) part of the city kids well, are sneaky they're good they're good yeah. at that <laughs> but that was one giant plot hole i'm like how the fuck did he get past all the security but oh no no i'm not saying it's good by any means i'm saying it's good for the show yeah um so yeah episode four and five i was hoping for this like monster of the week style bullshit where it's like we have someone to retrieve here's some interesting twist they have there's some conflict in there and we're going to reveal more of the world through these conflicts and struggles that they go through to retrieve and And use these for character development right yeah right wow you'd think you would think you know that seems like very basic writing (laughs) that oh also this was another show where you can tell it was finished just before streaming became the thing because bro the, there were so many cuts that were like, yeah, this was obviously designed for like one one episode a week, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Really? I mean, this came out in like twenty fifteen. Fucking 15. man, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, but episode and- four, we get introduced to this idea of their black market retrievers. Um, who, which who sounds like them to be terminal service. Which which sounds like really funny out of context of like golden retrievers out there doing heinous shit <laughs> um they're drug dogs you they're, drug, drug, they're trafficking drug the drugs coke. <laughs> yeah. yeah drug dogs go bad uh, <laughs> but yes there there there's uh, i imagine gifties are wildly expensive and there's a black market for them um mm-hmm. because you can just wipe them and load up uh, siri Start into from it scratch yeah and <laughs> mine runs on linux yeah i jailbroke my gifty <laughs> oh god <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we meet Marsha and Soda. Uh, Soda is a little boy, and Marsha is his giftia slash guardian. And which, how does that work legally? <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> and we, and we don't know what happens to Soda after. Dude, yeah. that, nothing. God, they talk about how they worry about the like before and after care of these people that they retrieve from. And then there's this literal child living by himself. <laughs> Caitlin even said, was like, is this the prequel episode for the series Kotaro Lives Alone? Yeah, is that yeah, what this yeah, is? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking and too. I was even like, and then no, Michiru- he just becomes a generic anime protagonist with no parents in his own apartment. <laughs> yeah, and then Michiru apparently had the same thing happened to her when she was like 14 and apparently just was on her own at that point. Man. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on in this society. And there's just so many just bits that they... They don't They're touch just on half baked, yeah, yeah. Um, well, and they and could be Marcia's really the, in, 
uh, really Go interesting ahead. viewpoints into what this society is like. But then they just kind of leave this dangling and like, yeah. you figure it out, basically. Absolutely. Um, but but- yeah, Marsha's coming up to the end of her service and Soda, the little boy, is like real upset about it. But also, he gets into what I thought was this interesting thing of like, I don't really remember my parents. Did I ever actually have parents or are all adults lying to me? Because Marcia said she'd never leave me, but yet here you are about to bail. And mm-hmm. people said that they would take care of me and I don't have, I don't seem to have parents. So adults lie. My memories are probably a lie. And I was like, ooh. Yeah, this kid having an existential crisis is kind of interesting. This poor kid's got a lot of trauma, man, and a lot of shit he's got to work through. Um, oh, another as, but- as an adult after this, apparently, <laughs> uh, yeah. w- w- weird butt shot in this episode too. I don't remember where. I didn't give the details, but it was it happened again. Um, <laughs> um, and then this is where we get officially get the bit where the manager is running his shop different from everyone else um, because. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see later in like episode whatever eight, where the um, person from another, hmm, her name was Andy. Andy, yeah. When she shows up and how she's very just like sign this fucking piece of paper, get bent. Yeah. Um, bitch, I got a deadline. Let's go. So, um, we have a weird cooking montage. After this? Yeah, because they're going to cook a meal for Soda to, like, let the kid down easy. Oh, yeah. So they're like, oh, let's just cook all of his favorite stuff. And, oh, turns out Sukasa sucks at cooking, and it's funny. He sneezed into the flour, which is gross. Bro! And then they just kept cooking. They kept cooking. Um, No. But but Marsha is super sweet and, like, just completely completely unfazed well not unfazed she's worried about him but like mm-hmm. doesn't take it personally that soda's having a hard time with her being retrieved and you know she's she's just doing everything she can she seems ultra sweet and is trying everything in her power to make it work mm-hmm. um because she accepts that she's going to die or be retrieved turned off etc yeah uh, more or less <laughs> more or less <laughs> um <laughs> And then we find out that Michiru's dad was a wanderer too. Uh, I think we get that full backstory later, or do we actually get to it's see the in, scene in the next episode? Okay, okay, episode five. Yeah, yeah. Poor Soda. Uh, he doesn't trust his guardian anymore. He just seems like a super sad kid. And then, but oh no, the black market. There's a, a ultra sleazy man nearby. <laughs> Yeah, the episode ends with, it's like, and it even gives us the caption, the day before Marsha's retrieval. There's a knock on the door, Soda the child answers the door, and some guy's like, hey, little boy, is your guardian here? And he's like, who are you? And he's like, oh, we're with Terminal Service, we came to get her. Oh, what happened to the other people? Oh, they had they were busy, don't worry about it, don't read into this at all, little boy. We're coming to get her for you. End of the episode. Well, before that scene, there was a nice little like cake scene where Soda finally like has like a oh, food yeah, flashback yeah. of his parents. It, it was and the it, scene from Ratatouille. Basically, yes, yeah. <laughs> the strawberry reminds me of my childhood. Ignore the fact that I am a child. Yes. <laughs> Way hey, back then, hey, all man, three years ago. When you're when you're eight or nine, and four years ago was a half a lifetime ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and. So episode five, 
There's been a kidnapping. My God. Who bum, the fuck bum, it? Bum. Um, and then another weird... So, while I enjoyed these episodes, and were probably the highlight of the show. We should, probably should have stopped here. Um, I thought it was really oh, weird. Oh, it would have changed my rating so hard. Oh, yeah. yeah this, these would have been, <laughs> while not perfect, good. Um, yeah. They're like, oh, all right. Uh, one of our retrieval targets has been kidnapped. All of you minimum wage people who've barely been trained to do their own jobs <laughs> are going to suit up. And we're going to war. <laughs> Strap up. Let's go. Which also, like, we'll touch on it later, but Tsukasa's gun is wild. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the laser shotgun thing. Dude. <laughs> and, I was yeah. like, and I was like, oh, man, the appropriate response. Why didn't they bring in, like, security or specialized teams for when this happens? Because they haven't really shown, but they show later, like, when, when they go... They go wanderer, like they they break their limiters. And they go full cyber psycho. They go fucking berserk, yeah. And um, it's and then they really show that giftias are not people and are able to do superhuman feats. Well, because even before they say like, oh, whenever their time is up, they start to lose their memories, start to decay, they start to lose their personality, but they keep their motor functions, mm-hmm. and they just kind of wander around. So you're just like, oh, like. J- like a turtle with no motivation? Like, I, what, what are you getting Like, God, wh- it would have been so tight if they actually focused on that and have, like, some apocalyptic scenario where it's just Gifty is running amok who are just going gone rogue and feral. Yeah. Or fucking show me a walled-off city where we didn't know that. And so, like, the first wave of Gifty is kind of all, like, the first ones off the, off the shelf or off the factory line all decayed at the same time. Because they made a bunch of them at the same day, and it was like, well, fuck, we got to shut down New York. That place is lost now. Like, Yeah, anything, just just a little blurb that could have just been like, yeah, we can't have another um, massacre of 2072 or whatever. Do you Um, want another Cleveland, Ohio on our hands? God, no. Um, (laughs) (laughs) At least we're not Detroit. True. Um, So... And then what do they say? Like the the actual secure special security force does get brought in yeah. because our security, our security, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, um, do we know what the R stands for? Oh, nope. is it retrieval? I don't believe it's ever stated what it's for. It's just they're R just security. another company that they're working together with. God and then <laughs> and then somebody, I think it's Kazuki. They're like, oh, they're butting in. I was like, what? <laughs> this is the appropriate response. They treated it like that, like cop drama of like, oh, of course the FBI showed up to take our case. Yeah, no. But, and we find out later that she literally lost a leg Dude. from a previous incident. <laughs> from one just stomping. Yeah. Like, like putting in the least effort. And and I thought that was nuts. I'm like, y- y'all are reverse UPS and you guys w- want to stop like a terrorist. Do you understand? Like, they don't train. No, this is absurd. Um, (laughs) Like, everyone suits up to go to war. I don't know. Well, they talk about turning the limiters off their own giftas to, like, have a gifta on gifta showdown. Yeah, I I was like, holy shit. Is this going to be, like, a battle shown in? Like, what the fuck? I was like, do it. Give give me that. Yeah. Give me the Dark City arc. Uh, because they they kind of they like kind of alluded to like Sherry being the spooky one on the team that like maybe she would show up and maybe she was like a combat giftia or something like she'd before. wreck shit yeah yeah like sometimes giftias were made for war Sherry's one of those like 
That'd be sick. Yeah, that would that would have been dope and would have made sure. more sense. She was an army dog that washed out for being just slightly a little too nice. Yeah. <laughs> a little too nice. Yeah, right. All I read oh. is that airport dog refuses to be a narc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're not here to help with the giftiez. They're just trying to get the uh, black market uh, retrieval ring busted. They don't actually really care about the the gifty at all. But the guy who was running this off, which is also wild. Yeah, because that seems like a fucking cataclysmic level threat. You well, I don't know. In 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 super corporate, they're not here land, to protect and serve. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I guess liability is not a thing anymore. Um, but owner owner's responsibility got sue the kid. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so we know you inherited a house in that fortune, kid. We're coming for everything you got. They find you're now the, an adult and you're now destitute. <laughs> <laughs> they find the black market ring. They're operating out of this district that they've got it cordoned off at this point. Um, both teams Which are fuck there. Anyone who lived there. I guess. Yeah. Fuck them, <laughs> man. Right. <laughs> fuck them. Um, they're, they're obviously poor. And so the, uh, we, we finally get the, the actual flashback of Michiru's dad. And that was wild. Like, that was intense. so inc- that was crazy. That and is one of the first emotional moments to me that felt like it had stakes. Like episode four and five are the first times I felt like emotional hits because like seeing your dad like lose it, kind of like that. And at first, it felt like it was doing this kind of like dementia allegory, where it's like seeing a parent or a grandparent or a loved one start to lose. Oh, themselves. sure. And, like, lose their memory. I thought that's what they were going for here. And I thought, like, oh, that that does hit hard. Like, having gone through that, that's a hard thing to, yeah. like, and then live with. That's what I was thinking, like, the death with dignity thing. Like, you know, being able to end someone's lifetime before they uh, deteriorate so much that they're not who they were kind of yeah. thing. Like, you know, and all of these concepts just wasted. Yeah. Absolutely wasted. Um, but they're all getting all yeah. geared up. Uh, well, we, we I, I feel like we got to go back to the flashback here for just mm. a second. Because in the flashback, uh, our security shows up to, like, take out the dad. And fake Masato is like, whoa, gets in between him. is like, let me handle this. And dad's like, bitch, you ain't got a leg no more. Bye. And we see her, like, collapsed on the ground leg like split open and blood going everywhere wildly intense scene for this and then security's like nope that's it he's out of control light him up and they just all pump this dude full of lead (laughs) right in front of the kid yeah it's like holy shit this is traumatic and then her response was i'm gonna go work for that redheaded woman bro Oh man. That's her response. Like why not like th- this feels like a villain origin story, you know? Dude, right? <laughs> yeah. That's um, why I put on the mask. <laughs> I thought Zach had a nice line in this episode where Sukasa kept like just asking a bunch of questions and Zach just says, "Does he think if he keeps acting clueless, we'll keep answering his questions?" Just <laughs> just full on said it and I I like that. Um but for whatever reason, Sota is wandering the city by himself and stumbles upon exactly where what they are. What do you are. mean by uh, 
for some reason, he's an adult now. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> he's been emancipated. Yes. <laughs> and, and somehow forcibly. broke the ironclad security that our security had around the area. <laughs> and then I, I, I wrote, you know, at this point, Soda, go home. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't, don't be here. Why are you even here? <laughs> and then Isla's got a sword. Which, thing. where? What? I don't Where know. They, and genuinely, why? I thought and I missed why? something. Like, she pulls that thing out, and I was like, wait, was there a lead up to this? Like, was I supposed to know about this thing? <sighs> um, but they uh, come across Marsha, who's like gone mostly feral. They're trying to talk to her, slash, fight her, and trying to, trying to retrieve her before yeah. our secu- or the our security shows up. And I think they're about to get through to her, and then Soda well, shows up. Well, no, Soda was there. So she's got Soda's body. Soda's, like, collapsed or beaten up or something on the rooftop. It's raining. Oh, I'm Ray talking about, like, just before course. when she grabbed him and then, oh, like, pieced out. Yeah. Uh, so she's there. They're about to get through him, and then our security busts through the door, and she panics or berserks or something, grabs Soda and just, like, fip, 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 yeah. hops up to the rooftops. They get up to the rooftops before our security. She's standing over the body. Soda's knocked out, passed out something, incapacitated in some way. She's standing over his body, looking at it like kind of crying, kind of contemplating. Isla and Sukasa get up there. Sukasa's like, hey, Marsha, just be cool, man. You don't want a murder rap on your case. We can talk this through. And she's turning around and Sukasa's like, just take my hand. It's okay. Just take my hand. Soda wakes up, says, like, Marsha? She goes demon slayer eyes again. <laughs> Berserks again, jumps back over to him and just picks this motherfucker up by the neck and is, like, strangling him. Yeah. At one point, I think she says something about, like, don't take my role away, which is, yeah. which was which was interesting. Again, interesting and alluded to more plot that should have been done. But it yeah. made me think of the Vivi mission thing where it's yeah. like the robots are like, what am I without my mission? Kind of. Oh, and, and it could have cool. his hand out. I swear. I thought they were, he was just about to get his hand. Just crying. Same dude. Same. <laughs> oh man. That was a tense, tense moment, man. She should have taken it and just crushed that some bitch. But like he pulls out, he whips out this gun and he's like, be cool, Marsha. I don't want to fucking do this. Isla starts running up with the sword. He like, his gun transforms a la like psychopath style. Bro, what the fuck was going on? <laughs> and then he blasts this giant fucking electric beam thing. And I'm like, he's killing that kid. Like, you telling me you give an untrained dude this, the noisy cricket from Men in Black, and just set him free in the field and there's no collateral damage whatsoever? Well, I think it was like okay. a, sh- I think it was like no, a they, shotgun they did- blast of data. They explained it was like a projectile virus, effectively. Yeah, we don't know that at first. They, no, they tell you before that. They tell you. Oh, they, they did. Tell when me. they give him his gun, he's like, "Oh, yeah. this fires, this fires, you know, sh- uh, Norton antivirus into him." <laughs> no, right, I no, missed that. Not, not, not the antivirus. The virus itself, and like, like takes out their well. OS. Norton antivirus sometimes is indistinguishable it's, from yeah. a virus, <laughs> especially like, Norton. So I I will say I missed that part. This changes it. And I did not miss this part because it was 1.5 times speed. I was still normal speed. I wasn't going to say it. I knew, <laughs> I knew you were all thinking it. I was normal <laughs> speed at this moment. 
but yeah, he blasts it, and she like does this weird disintegrate looking fucking thing. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I didn't get that because they said that it was specifically code or software. Which also, that's part of why you guys telling me that. I wouldn't have thought that uh, even yeah. when he shot her because right. she fucking disintegrates like a goddamn vampire yeah. in the sun. And then, because Isla was charging in too with her blunt ass looking sword. Um, and I thought she got hit as well I from like the too. way. Well, I they kind know. of fake you out with the ending of did she, did she not? And then they just don't even yeah. like address it other than, oh, no, she's fine. Well, kind of, because then it's like. She has to go down for maintenance, I think, right? Yeah, we don't go- know because. The the next day, Sukasa goes to work, and it just shows that she didn't sign in for work. Like, she didn't clock mm-hmm. in. Which and, their and sign-in it, system in, like, 2150 is still just fucking magnets on a whiteboard. Man. <laughs> hey, if the system works, all right. No need to they improve on that. They already had budget cuts. That's all they got. They don't have enough money for a yeah. timekeeping system. Yeah, their computers is literally a projected like screen up in the air, <laughs> but they use magnets for their sides. Hey, <laughs> budget cuts have to happen somewhere, Nick. Fuck. But yeah, episode three, uh, we do see that Isla is fine. By three, you mean six? six. Yeah, like what times I, two. I said three? Yeah. Six. It's six, but I, I don't know why I said three, but... Oh, because she was out for three days. I think that's what I was thinking. Oh, okay. Um, but it's revealed that like she's okay, but she was like down and out for in like a I think robot they said coma. over overexertion, I guess. Yeah. For like three days. And Sukasa never left her side the whole time. And it's It's so something. romantic. Yeah. Oh. But oh my god. But uh also we find out we get the backstory about uh fake Masato and Isla previously being partners yeah so this was fun because isla's incredibly emotive at -hmm. this point you know like they've they've slightly touched on it whenever sukasa has been reading her uh, diary where it's like bright and bubbly and uh, enthusiastic it seems like a regular girl's diary Mm -hmm. like going over day she even does like little doodles in them yeah so not very robotic at all i thought that maybe like her inner monologue was very bubbly and stuff, and she's mm-hmm. outwardly very dry. But no, we find out that she just had a change mm-hmm. after the uh, leg incident. For some reason. Because they show Kazuki going back out in the field. Yeah. But also, like, they, they do this thing where they're <laughs> acting like Isla blames herself for it. Which... She wasn't. Doesn't she wasn't there. Sense. Was it? Was it because she was yeah, down for maintenance or something? Too? I don't. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't understand. Because then shortly after, Kazuki is like, "Hey, we can't be partners no more." Yeah. I, but and uh, at this point, also, uh, she's. She, I think she wakes up and she sees Sukasa. And she says, oh, Sukasa, your smile looks good. Like, she's finally starting to talk and open up. But Mm -hmm. I just felt like it was so weird and rushed. It was a 180. Like, And and I guess if you do the, like, near-death experience makes me value life and see things through a different lens. um, Then tell me that that's what you're feeling. (laughs) Like, because this just felt like a 180 for no reason. 
I don't <sighs> fucking know, man. I'm not a robot that's been in a three-day robot coma. I can't. Yeah. Um, I did like, for some reason, there was a weird stalking um, arc in this episode. And they're, like, on another <laughs> building, like, many blocks away with, like, binoculars. Okay, so at that point, it's Isla realizes, so Sukasa gets put on desk duty because he got he got pretty banged up in the Marsha fight. So he's on desk duty. Isla is, like, realizing that she's been, like, thinking about him a lot and, like, watching him and, like, brightening up when he comes in the room. Mm-hmm. And it's Eru and... Uh, Sherry. Uh, no, no, not Sherry. Um, Michiru. Michiru. They're like, oh, you got a thing for him. All right, let's let's scope him out and see what he's up to or something like that. And so they're on the other roof, and I did kind of like this part. Oh, yeah, I like this part. <laughs> and Eru's, like, looking at him with binoculars, and then suddenly she, like, gets smacked back. And we just see a pin in the binoculars. And Sherry's in the window having just thrown something. And so <laughs> yeah. like, hey, Sherry, what's up? She's like. I felt someone watching us could be the terrorists on another plot or the black market people trying to do a terrorist attack or something like that. And I'm like, you actually almost killed her. Yeah. 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 And I was like, oh, man, I, in my head, Sherry was this like retired combat gift. Yeah. Still. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you had binoculars up to your eyes and hit like that, you, you have two black eyes now. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, man. But then what was it? Uh Yasutaka says, oh, Sherry is always on the lookout for peeping Toms. And she just says, and whose fault is that? (laughs) (laughs) And there were just tiny glimmers of, like, good. Uh, It was a quarter wrapped in dog shit. There's something of worth there, but you have to go through dog shit to get it. Uh, But but Sukasa went and visited Soda in plain clothes. Um Mm -hmm. Pro and, and s- <laughs> I, just talk to him, I guess, and nothing yeah. really. Then, and then Soda disappears forever. Well, Soda at one point has a moment where he's like, Why would you do this to me? Like, my life is kind of ruined right now. Mm-hmm. And Sukasa's response is basically like, ah, Sorry, kid. And that's it. Like, yeah. that's the moment. And then they move on, and we never see Soda again. Yep. Which. That was kind of what Kazuki did to uh, um, uh, Michiru after her father was dead. Yeah. It was like, yeah, he kept coming, and, but like not really offering her any help except basically being like a untrained grief counselor. It's just like, hey, man, <laughs> the best advice in life I can give you is, it is what it is. Man, that's the millennial cry. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> that's rough, bro. Some people don't think it be like it is, but it do. <laughs> D- damn. <laughs> that's it uh so so isla's you know becoming a lot more a lot more animated she's starting to read this newlyweds guidebook that sukasa got which i was like man why are we just speed running this um but finally we get the big reveal where sukasa is told and kazuki's like well i'm sorry i didn't tell you this kind of not not really sorry uh isla's got like two months left at that point or something like that. Yeah. A thousand hours. A thousand hours. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 40 ish days. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he just says, okay, well, I, I want to be with Isla, I guess. Yeah. Well, cause she says, do you want a new partner? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to split? And he's like, no, 
I want to be with Isla and I want to make her happy. I want our last moments to be wonderful and great. Because I watched A Walk to Remember and that was really yeah. cool. And the guy who lived, he seemed like he was very fulfilled by, uh, I don't know, this all felt very self-serving. That Sukasa's like obsession with making Isla happy, it didn't feel like it was for Isla's sake. It felt like it was for Sukasa's sake, and then it just it really soured everything that I watched after this. You got a weird hate for the movie A Walk to Remember. Is this is this like your Thor Ragnarok? <laughs> no. <laughs> just just remember, seems- a partner is not a gift; it's a commitment. <laughs> But they're called no, Giftias. Uh, Giftias, Nick. <laughs> it's, in the name. it's in the name. Yeah, man. Come on. Oh, God. Episode seven. Sukasa decides he's going to ask Isla out on a date. Woo. Yeah. Who fucking cares? Uh, they live together. At this moment, <laughs> Isla is like doing a bunch of things like. She's, like, trying to make him dinner a lot. She's, like, trying to make him tea a bunch. She's, like, trying to clean the apartment. And she says it's so that she can be useful to him. Useful to him. Jesus fucking Christ, man. But Sukasa finally asks her out, and they decide to go to the goddamn amusement park. (sighs) Which, it was always the amusement park. Only like every always, single time. There's no it's there's no oh, other place. There in was this a tea shop. There was a really cool tea shop. It was in this like glass cage on top of a mall. On top of on a mall. On top of a mall. I thought yeah. that was tight as fuck. I mean, other than it maybe being like you'd have weird hot spots where the sun would hit and it would <laughs> just a magnifying glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe burn everything. <laughs> um but I thought it was pretty cool. But uh, we also had the boys meeting in the bathroom where he's trying to get advice, and then all the all the dudes all go to the bathroom at the same time. I guess in this company, there's also there's also one moment where he's like asking people advice, and it shows them in different places. And at one point, he's just urinal next to other urinal talking to someone. Don't talk to me with your dick in your hand. I there's never a scenario in a bathroom where you need to. Talk oh, to me. okay. So that happened in the last episode, and it was one of my uh, arrow moments that I did find really funny where oh yes they were, like, were they I think stalking maybe him? <laughs> when they were stalking him and they were taking like showers in the yeah, men's he goes into the men's shower men's shower and they're taking a shower which was wild i thought for michiru to do that because yeah eru i could see just she, she commits just at least out. she yeah. commits um but oh yeah, that's because I was I was reading my notes and I was like, and I forgot what this all meant, so I skipped it. But you know, she they're there, and he walks in, like looks over, and then she just leans over, looks down, and just says, "I see," and it takes a note, <laughs> it takes a note, writing on a notepad in the shower, and it takes a note. <laughs> so for me, that was the funniest part of this entire show. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Just, just the, like the deadpan delivery, like no like disgust, no excitement, <laughs> just hmm. Uh, Tell just my wife I said hello. <laughs> like she's fucking bird watching or some yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah. And then just had some nice timing. And then she just says, wow, fancy meeting you here. And he's like, get out. <laughs> um, so that was lovely. I Well, I mean, it was also an invasion Gross, of privacy. But yeah. Uh, but it was funny for an anime. Okay. But anywho, uh, we also get, so he asks Isla out 
and just more of this self-serving bullshit. Because he asks her out, and then she says, uh, like, will it make you happy if I say yes? And he just says, it will make me happy if you say yes. Which, Jesus Christ, like, read no. the goddamn room, dude. Like, And it's just so fucking forced, and it's all Sukasa-focused. Yeah. Jesus. But they end up on this fucking Ferris wheel, and... At this, they're sitting inside the Ferris wheel, and Isla's basically like, "Hey, thanks for well, coming on the Ferris wheel." Before this, he wakes up and he's like, "I feel hot. Oh, now I feel cold." So they telegraph that he's sick, yeah, uh, yeah. and then the goes Jesus out Christ. in public anyway and the goes to an amusement park. Classic yeah. sickly Victorian child syndrome. But yeah, he's like. They're in the Ferris wheel, and it looks like he's leaning in for a kiss, and then suddenly he's just in her titties, like, collapsed there. Oh, no, this is comedy or something. I don't fucking know. But she's like, whoa, what do you think you're doing, buddy? He falls over, and she's like, oh, shit, you're dying. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's get you some help. And so she, like, gets him to – she takes him home. Not a doctor. And just puts him in bed, and she's like, don't worry. We'll get you to the doctor tomorrow. You just stay here and <sighs> fucking Yeah, yeah. You, you passing out on the Ferris wheel, that's not anything to worry about no. that much. Um, also, I gotta say, what, what does it look like from the Ferris wheel attendant's point of view? Like, Because this, this is the first time that we see, but it happens the second time, where someone is carrying a body out of the Ferris <laughs> yeah. wheel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she she carried him the first time. He carried her the second time. Uh, it's I also, romantic and cyclical. I also really liked Michiru's uh, her her son side, where she was just obsessed with like romance and has like a romanticized version of it in her mm-hmm. head, and it gets bashful about it because she has this imagined beach date in her head of like the dialogue. And oh shit, ha- we did get a beach episode. Yeah, sort of, and she. <laughs> But they even did the bit where she voiced the male in the beach uh, mm-hmm. uh, imagined date, and it was in her voice trying to do a deep male voice, and that was mm-hmm. funny. Uh, on that same vein, I don't remember what episode it is, but the like older engineer guy, the bald engineer guy, at one point, Sukasa does an impression of him, and they just animate that guy's face on <laughs> yeah. Sukasa while he's doing the impression. I liked that bit. But it's, ju- again, just a tiny moment in a sea of shit. Yeah. And then, and then I guess Isla ends the episode by saying, I want you to always smile. <sighs> yeah. Episode eight. Yeah. So episode eight, he wakes up the next day and he feels fine. He's like, oh, I don't even got to go to the doctor anymore. Yeah. Look at me go. But uh, they we meet, go uh, to this lady's house for a retrieval mission and mm-hmm. she's got like a gifty a daughter and they're like well what do you want to do we can offer you a 30 percent discount or and she's like oh wipe her and give me and just put a new os in her yeah and Sukasa's just kind of like what the fuck and she's like this ain't my first rodeo kid i've been doing this a lot and i just treat her the same yeah. it's not weird i don't have problems yeah so i thought we were going to go somewhere with these fucking plots <laughs> I'm, I don't know, I'm just getting like mad because we we see these people all approaching the end of term for their giftias very differently, mm-hmm. and that was interesting. But they just never it never mattered. 
Ever. It never mattered. Uh, but at this point, though, I guess that was a vessel for Sukasa to consider a rebooted OS potentially regaining memories. So this is the next kind of plot that he goes Which through. Which I thought for sure. I Even before this plot point, I even said to Caitlin, I was like, how are they going to end this? He's going to opt to upgrade her into a new OS, blah, blah, blah. She's going to boot up and come online, and he'll introduce himself as, as if she's a new person. And he'll be like, oh, hi, my name is Sukasa. It's nice to meet you, blah, blah, because blah. And she's going to, like, teary-eyed Marcus. and go, I remember. It's always fucking... love. It. It's the Don't only interstellar in the Don't, universe. Do not, no, no. <laughs> Fuck you. God damn it. I knew you were going to do it. That, that was the part that I hated the most of that film. Because I'm like, man, you're, you're a big old doctor trying to save the human race. Like, bro. I hated a lot of that film. Now uh, you know, listeners, I'm what the one person in the world that fucking hated the movie Interstellar. Which I'm mad about because I, re- I was hyped for that movie. I was so fucking excited for that. And I left the theater like, what was that dog shit? Whatever. That's, that's a different thing. I'm not ranting. But um, in this episode, we get... Um, I guess it was another studio or another studio. Another group needed assistance with a retrieval. Yeah, right. Terminal Service Three, yeah. I think, was the place. And they send over one of their, you know, the people or one of the persons that was working on that case. Mm-hmm. And because like the people fled instead of like <clears throat> doing the retrieval, <clears throat> and they were like, "Oh, we think they're in your turf." We're sending someone over. Can you guys like offer run support for them? Yeah. Y'all have jurisdiction. I'll work with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Button in it's and a take it our case. <laughs> uh, and then they're inter- like they meet him down in the lobby, I guess, or whatever, and Eru shows up, leaps on this person, starts mangling their titties, and just like weird, like laughs it off. And she's like, oh, <laughs> You were. I thought you were someone else. What? You look just like her. All right. All right, officer. Yep. That was their defense. Yeah. But also, you work in this industry. You know she's not the same person. Yeah. Well, she. Because it's revealed that she's a Giftia mm-hmm. and that she was previously a Giftia named Olivia, Olivia mm-hmm. that Eru grew up with. And she even has this line of. You used to respond so differently when I sexually harassed you, but now you hit me, and I think I could be into that. And it's like, Jesus <laughs> I, fucking I still, I still laughed at that part. <laughs> Jail. <laughs> Just how Eru was down for whatever deviant bullshit. Yeah. God. It's obviously been over 10 years from when you see the picture to now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- and you don't know that she's upgraded with a new OS and is a different person now? Like- you work in the industry, dude. This can't be a yeah. surprise to you. Now, if it's someone that doesn't know, and they're like, oh, my God, that's Tom. And then this guy's like, my name's Steve. And he's like, no, I fucking grew up with you, dog. You're Tom. What do you mean you don't remember me? Like, if you don't, if it's someone outside of the industry and they don't know, that could have been an interesting plot point. Mm-hmm. Also not centered around sexual assault. But, but in this scenario, I don't understand it because you fucking know. But it's okay because Andy is into that shit. And got yeah. Eru's number. After that, and Andy's like, hey, I know you sexually assaulted me, but what, what are you doing Friday? You want to hang out? <laughs> W-Y-D, question mark. I like um, carnivals. You like carnivals. Let's do a carnival. <laughs> yeah. You want to squeeze my tits under the fireworks? I don't fucking know. But oh, so, that sounds so nice. And uh, so, God. but then Sukasa's on board because he wants to, 
he's curious about going to somewhere the previous OS had strong memories about to see if his theory of some sort of they can, memory can be jogged. Yeah, or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's incredibly persistent about it. So I wish they would have gone a little bit further of him being like frantically obsessed with this idea, like mm-hmm. have him kind of fall apart a little bit over it. But they don't. Yeah, he's just more interested in that than other stuff. But they go. Um, they're having a nice time. And but but and fucking Eru. Uh, so they, they get kind of split up. And Eru even straight up says like, "Go ahead and use me too." Uh, to Sukasa, and then mm-hmm. she sees that he's incredibly selfish. He's like, "Just just use me towards your ends, whatever." I see what you're doing, and it's just so it's just so interesting that like she was the first one to just really just call him out and like, "Yeah, you're just doing this for yourself." Yeah. Um, but like Isla, just full on little kids gets lost and then just clams up. Mm-hmm. And Eru says something of like, "I think next time I won't take." Uh, Andy to the carnival mm-hmm. will go somewhere new because this is a different person. I want to make new memories. And I kind of thought that was a cool moment. Mm-hmm. But then Sukasa's like, oh shit, we lost Isla. I got to find her. I'm going to run everywhere. How did they f- How did they not notice for that long? Dude, also, you you don't have phones? We've seen that you all have phones. Isla's probably got Bluetooth. I guess. But... So he fucking finds her. She's clammed up on a bench somewhere by herself. Fireworks coon shows up and he has this heartfelt confession under the fireworks. And he's like, oh, my God, Isla, I'm in love with you. And he's like, and she's like, get fucked, nerd. I don't give a shit. Bye. (laughs) Episode nine. Well, I appreciate that he was able to at least say his feelings. A lot of anime protagonists won't say shit for seasons. Um. But there was this. I also don't like the phrasing of "I'm in love with you" instead of "I love you." I don't. Yeah. There's a. There's a. There's a distinction. Yeah. It's different. Too passive voice for you, or it's more of a different state of being. Like I'm in love with you. That's a. That's an in the moment thing. Whereas I love you is kind of like a permanence to it. Hmm. Of I love you for who you are, not I'm in love with you right now because of what you can do for me. Uh-huh. Is how I is, is how it always sounds to me. That might be me being nitpicky about language, but they do feel very different to me. And there was also, also you can be you can love your friends without mm-hmm. being in love with them. And God, I just, I don't know how sure. to describe it. Uh, but there was also this like bit where she's just sitting there and he runs up and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry for like not noticing that you went missing or whatever. And she's like, no, that's okay. Now it's okay. You're here now. She's like, what? No. It, that feels abusive. That like you. Sh- <sighs> <sighs> I hate you, Sukasa. Yeah. All my homies hate Sukasa. And um, <laughs> fuck Sukasa. Episode nine. Yeah, he gets shot down. He got He's shot upset the about down. it. He's sad. They even like stuck a nudie mag in front of him to see if they got a response. I did like them rearranging his hair. That was fun. They gave him a, gave him a big old pompadour for a little bit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> also, I think that was not only a good response out of him, but also a good response out of Isla as well. So I was like, that's mm-hmm. kind of funny, but mm-hmm. yeah. It was, yeah. 
Um, but whatever. <laughs> Asuka's a huge sucker for romance. She's like, oh, he probably just did some shitty confession. He's like, well, he did do it after they got separated. He went and rescued her and confessed under the fireworks at, a, at like a festival. And she's like, shit, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Like, Damn, that, uh, that would have got me. Ugh. And but but now they're gonna live apart for uh, temporarily because I guess was that was that Michiru's idea whatever yeah. her name was, mm-hmm. uh, which w- what a solution. Um, <laughs> just take a break. Yeah, she says like if you're just screwing around with this job, I won't you, won't let you get away with it. Uh, but they're gonna stay over at Eru's place, and for some reason because. Also, Michiru seems to have a particular fondness for Tsukasa, which she... She's absolutely into him and in denial the entire time. And in denial, but at least she, like... God, I was like, what is her inner monologue? Like, ah, oh, sweet, Isla's gonna be dead in a month. I just gotta wait. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. But she, yeah. but she, she likes... Was fucked. She likes Tsukasa, so... Um, for whatever reason, Tsukasa's staying at... Michiru's also, place. why? Yeah. Why does anyone like him? Uh, th- this well, like self-insert of like, yes, I can be terrible, but women will still love me, and I ha- I don't have to work on myself at all. Like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Uh. And, uh, but but Michiru is stuck talking to Sukasa in their in her apartment, and then we cut to Eru. Uh, hanging out with Isla and Eru's <laughs> dressing her up in uh, uh, like a big bunny outfit. And she's like, I got all these dresses. It's going to be great. And to her credit, she also dresses up at least, but in like a uh, uh, old playboy like bunny outfit, which is like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. I don't remember what was said, but Michiru, her voice actor, did a really good job. Voice actress uh, did this, like, grunt, like, mid-sentence whenever somebody said something. I don't remember what it was, but shout-out to Chinatsu Akasaki. Did a good job there. (laughs) Um, But uh, turns out that Michiru didn't know about the time span either. Uh, or the, the the Isla's times being up. How how little yeah. she's got left? Yeah, and they, they were keeping that for most everyone. It seems like. Mm-hmm. And it she's, seems like Kazuki and Boss Boss knew, and that's about it. Um, uh, the Yasutaka Hanada I think knew, but oh, he'd been there long enough that he would have known how long. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's a ten year he, veteran. So he that makes sense. did the math. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is this is the point where I'm like fully on. Like this feels like the trope where someone meets a terminally ill person and just falls in love with them and goes hardcore on it just to and it's very self-serving. Like I've done a good deed by helping this Man, dying person out. You really hated a walk to remember. Yes. <laughs> yes. And or a fault in our stars. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Also so, okay. Side <laughs> small side tangent. Also, spoilers for The Fault in Our Stars. Uh, I had to read that for a college course. I did not know it was a new book. I just assumed a teacher slash professor assigned it. It's an old-ass book. We had to read it. I thought it sucked. 
I was dating a girl at the time. They start making a movie of it. And she's like, oh, I want to go see that. I jokingly went, you know what my favorite part is? When the guy fucking dies. And my girlfriend at the time was like, why would you spoil that for me? And I was like, what do you mean? It's been out for forever. She's like, that book came out last year, Marcus. I haven't read it. And I was like, I did not know that. I thought this was an old story. <laughs> so I, I'm genuinely sorry. So how long did that relationship go after that moment? Longer than it should have. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Ugh. But man, this boy is so fucking desperate to be important to someone. And it's pathetic. Yeah. Uh, but Kazuki says, nope, nope, we're dissolving the partnership. Like, you're split. Yeah. End of episode nine. Episode ten, she like has him pulled aside and she and she says, finally, ten episodes in, oh, offices office romances are not permitted. She Yeah, you can't do that. Declares to Sukasa, even though that's not actually a thing. A thing that they practice. Well, um, they even say there was a rumor that she was dating someone in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine and it was they're like, Sherry, what do you know about that? And Sherry just clams up and they're like Sherry obviously knows. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a funny fun. moment. And yeah, because someone else said like, oh, they're not permitted? News to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the the shitty manager who just gets like the, the butt of every joke anytime he talks. I hate, I hate his character. If he didn't Man. exist, nothing would have changed other than the show would have gotten a little bit better. Yeah. Dude is just a punching bag for no reason. Stop including characters like that in your stories. Like, why do they need to oh, exist? And of course, yeah. he had to be fat. Yeah. Or, well, chubby. He wasn't that big, but. But they also, like, do this thing where they imply that, like, his wife doesn't love him anymore. Yeah, and his daughter hates him. Like, 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 Jesus him. Christ. Yeah, he, <laughs> like, what did he do to you all? Like, <laughs> Otherwise, he seems to be, like, he's doing the work, he is keeping corporate. From like running this like, yeah. like a chop shop effectively, and he's getting berated. All of his peers think he's a fucking loser, and then his employee thinks he's a fucking loser, and he's and his family hates him. What is, like this man? He was, other than him constantly asking Isla to for some tea. There was nothing wrong with him. Yeah, undeserved hatred. And then <sighs> oh fuck. Uh, and then now everyone's like the whole the whole squad is on board and forcing this relationship to work. Yeah. And then and then but, so they get a new job where they gotta go retrieve a giftia from a mob boss. <laughs> Which you would think would have some relevance, but no, it's just that he's a mob boss. Well, it's just like and in um, Licorice Reto uh, Recoil, they were delivering coffee. They're like, oh, this is the mob. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no. But that, just, was, just that was a bit. This yeah, one yeah, wasn't yeah, even yeah, a yeah. bit. This wasn't even a bit. So it's like they go, and his giftia is his bodyguard. And they're like, yeah, we're cool with it. One last request, though. Play with her for a day. And I was like, yeah, well, I'll be her playmate for the day, but you got to play with us because it's not creepy at all. Um because spending the last moments with someone you love is what matters the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cherish, blah, blah, Which blah. Which feels way fucking out of nowhere for her. So, but th this was weird because they, sp so Kazuki stopped working with Isla for some unknown, 
I don't understand the reason three years prior. I yeah. But I, for some reason now that reason doesn't exist so that they can work together again. Again? Yeah, I don't. It doesn't make any fucking sense. But so they spend the day playing and shit, and it's like supposed to be this nice moment, and it gives Isla this realization that she should spend time with the person she loves and Kazuki's like yeah hey I'm glad you got there this was all an elaborate setup for you to have some kind of like self-actualization so they go back to the office and she's like all right go talk to him and Isla steps up to Tsukasa and is like I got something to tell you and he's like right here in front of everybody and she's like yeah bitch I gotta say it long drawn out conversation here. I don't know why this took so long. This was so much build up for a moment that we knew was coming for no reason. And then finally she's like, I I love you too. And I'm sorry that I rejected you, but I want to make memories with you and I want to stay with you until the end. And I'm in love with you as well. Except for like one line, all of her reasoning was to make him happy. And to have, so that, like, oh, I just thought about your memories of me being, like, cold and distant, and that was sad, because you would be sad, because you're the one dying. Oh, wait, no, that's me that's dying. Yeah. Um, but I don't want your memory, and also she says, like, if it's bad at the end, that's all you're going to remember. Yeah. You're not going to have any good memories of me. And I'm like, that's not how that fucking works. But but like, I did, like, she did say one line, she was like, I want you to remember me, like, the, the the want of like having other people like remember your legacy or just remember things mm-hmm. about you that's fine like that's what she wants but it was always about what he wanted and his yeah. care I don't know that just felt wild yeah. especially for a She's dying person in love person. with him episode 11 <sighs> rice omelet day so we start off and Isla is like writing in her fucking diary and she says something like I confessed my love. Yesterday, we, I now, became my beloved's girlfriend. Which is a wild way to self-title yourself. Right. Like, why wouldn't you say, yesterday, my beloved and I started a relationship. Ye- yesterday, yesterday, I, I was, confessed my love for someone. I was yesterday, purchased by my owner. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, bleh. And then she says again, would it make you happy? Then I'll do it. Again. Yeah, these motherfuckers are, like, trying to do stuff together, like, as a couple, but now suddenly they don't know how to act in front of each other or some shit. Um, Well, (sighs) that's a a little fair. Once you change the nature of a relationship, it... The dynamic changes, and they're both, like, well, one is eight years old and the other one's 18 years old, so it's going to be awkward. I can't relate to that dynamic. (laughs) So, because I'm not a fucking... Jesus Christ. Whatever. But... At one point, Kazuki suggests that Isla learn from Michiro how to cook for Sukasa, which, Jesus fucking Christ, we're still doing this, like, service thing mm-hmm. that I fucking hate. And is there anything to talk about in this episode besides she just needs to buy herbs to make him stuff? Um, somebody says something about there are certainly a lot of awkward men in the world. Uh, I thought that was a funny line. Um... There was Omu rice uh, that she made for him. Oh, and they're gonna buy her pajamas or something. Oh I, yeah, they bought matching pajamas. Jesus, they bought matching pajamas. Christ. Although <laughs> Audra turned to me and says, "Ooh, D- 
do you do you think we need magic? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Do we? Are you with, are you against that? And like, I'm not against it, but it's Caitlin and I have a wild amount of matching clothes, and like sometimes it's unintentional. Like I bought an Avatar: The Last Airbender hoodie, and then she went to Target on her own the next day, not knowing I had purchased this hoodie, and was like, oh, I saw this dope Avatar hoodie, and I bought one. And I, like, pulled mine out of the bag, like, well, one of us is going to have to change. Mm -hmm. And we did the same thing with, like, a a pair of, like, Star Wars pajama pants that are really comfortable. Like, because sometimes if we're running errands, we might just split up in the store if we're on, like, a time limit and, like, go do our own thing. And we both checked out with these fucking Mandalorian pajama pants. So we have a lot of matching clothes for that reason. Yeah. Not as an act of service for Caitlyn because our... The reverse, Caitlin doing things for me because she exists only at my beck and call to do. God, I fucking hate this show. Mm-hmm. Episode twelve, probably. Episode I don't twelve. Know. So Isla is now having to speed run through existential dread because <laughs> because she she's been forced into a not forced but. Manipulated nope, into no, nope, that's correct. I'm gonna say manipulated into a relationship by her boyfriend and their peers. Um, that she's now having to, like I said, speed run through all of the emotional like weight of dying in a couple weeks. Yeah, I have a new relationship and I'm actively dying. We, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I walk to remember. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> and they're still having awkward, not being able to talks, and I'm just mad. I hate that. Um, <laughs> that yeah, does such disservice starts, to, like, if you want me to care about the relationship so much, develop the relationship. Just let them talk. <laughs> let them talk. God. And although I what? did like this next bit where the the whole staff is, like, trying to help him out. They're like, well, Zach shows up. He's like, I got these tickets, I guess. I don't really need them. I'm just going to give them to you guys because yeah. you guys could use them on the last couple of They're really days. from Michiru, so They're cares? actually from her, and Michiru's like, shut the fuck up! Um, yeah. I did, there was a small moment here that I kind of liked in developing the relationship where Isla is teaching Sukasa about, like, the herbs and, like, how to make tea correctly and how to grow these herbs and stuff like that. Yeah. I thought that was okay. Oh, I thought that was perfectly good, and, like... Like, kind of like a somber, not totally sad, but, like, it, it felt so mature. Yeah. To be like, I'm, gonna go, I'm going to go. Here's how you do this. Yeah, this is how you do this. Like, and then they were just, like, if I were Sukasa and not just a manipulative asshole, um, that would have been really tough. Like, I expected them mm-hmm. to just have him, Sukasa, just, like, just softly sobbing his way through learning how to do this because it's... It's fully realizing that, like, hey, she's going to be gone. I need to do this. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have some sort of, like, connection to her after her passing through taking care of these. They they had this whole thing where, like, Sukasa hides his emotions behind a smile, which I thought was such a stupid idea. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Because then we don't, yeah. and we never know that he's, like, really struggling. Or just, show, you know, when he's around other people, have a nice smile. Sure. But then, like, give us just a little bit of just, like, him crying in the bed. By himself at night or mm-hmm. something. I don't fucking know. Just give this kid some fucking emotion. <sighs> Make um, me care about him even a little bit. Um, I also liked, was it Yasutaka showed up? Or s- someone showed up and was trying to get them to do something else again. And he, he showed up with outfits for him. 
That was, was uh, Constance. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was co- Constance. Constance. Yeah. That's right. He's like, it, uh, these are tickets to a formal, I was thinking it was at a dinner ball, and he says, and uh, attire is required, so here's your outfits. Dude, yeah. what a bro. Right? Damn. Yeah. But also, how and do you get the measurements? Point, he's good. Well, I guess Isla would be in the like catalog for measurements. Database, yeah. Oh, yeah, catalog too. Yeah. Dude, Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, they're, they still own, they're still owning people. Yeah. It's still weird. Dude, um, just something about that phrasing just was a oh, new, yeah. new ick factor that was unlocked. <laughs> but Yostok then at offers one point, them the card. Sukasa is like, hey, Kazuki, I need to talk to you. And Kazuki's like, dope, I need to talk to you. And Sukasa's like, hey, can you give us our next job? We only got the one job for the mob boss. We're ready for the next assignment. And Kazuki's like, all right, bitch, bet. <laughs> It's the retrieval agreement for Isla, Damn. which I thought was fucking cold-blooded. Savage. <laughs> She's the one person that was like, hey, you don't deserve happiness. You <laughs> suck. Here you go. <laughs> and so he's got this, we see emotion from him now, where he's got this tear-filled, field, tear-filled moment with Isla where he's like, oh, here's your retrieval agreement. She's like, I want you to sign it because you're the only person that matters in life. And he's like, hey, what do you be whispering to people in your Lost in Translation moments of this show? And she's like, I I hope that you will be reunited with the person you cherish. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Episode 13. Well. It's the last fucking day. I, I, I know we want to get this over with, but in 12... Yes. <laughs> Um, you know, he's the one making the tea now for the crew. Uh, they have this weird obsession with going into work and like just being normal, I guess. And just like, but I don't know. Which I get. It's, it feels like a normal routine. It seems to make Isla happy. So yeah, that I understood. Yeah. You know, that was fine. Um, and they had like a, they had a party and they had a, a fun little party where everyone showed up and they, Hey, they, they celebrated having like, you know, Isla's life, I guess. And I did like that the grumpy engineer man, the old guy, showed up for karaoke. And was, was, was going all for in. it. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a little touch. But so episode 13 is the last day. And then I guess it's because Isla's a good girl. They're cleaning the apartment. It's like he's he's still gonna live here. Like he can clean it when you're gone. Why waste all this time? Yeah. I don't know. But maybe that's what she wanted, and just did some shared task together. And the vibe almost got was like they're both gonna be kicked out of here when she's gone, and he's gonna relocate, which was maybe weird as well. I I don't know what the plan was. The, yeah, because it, it, it very much felt like they were bouncing from an Airbnb. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, they bathe together uh, and have, like, a, a, a bonding moment there. They, like, leave the office uh, together, uh, Isla and Sukasa, And then, like, everyone's, like, hiding <laughs> in the background. It's like, oh, shit. Uh, we should have. It would have been nice to say goodbye, I guess. But they're doing their thing. Um, and then oh, they. Because yeah, Kazuki's like, get the fuck out of here, leave. Yeah. You're not welcome at the office anymore. Everyone else showed up early to, to see her off. Um, and also, the world's largest Ferris wheel they get to. Because they, they yeah. go to they're, the. Um, they're in London town. They, they go to um, the amusement park. They have a nice day. 
and you know, Sukasa's kind of bouncing back and forth from like having a rough time to just smiling, and finally we have a little bit of the waffling. Um, well, and he doesn't even start getting it until the sun starts going down. Yeah, like, that's when it finally. That's hits when him. it hits him. And you know, and even though I hated most of this, this still hit for me somewhat. Like it should have been a huge emotional gun punch, but it was totally unearned. But just still, the, the setup is still sad. Uh, you know, she rides. She's like, "Oh, I asked them to r- let us ride the Ferris wheel after close, or it would be after close by the time we got to the top, whatever." Mm-hmm. They do it. Uh, they get to the top, and she says, "Now it's almost time for this dream to end," <laughs> which is, uh, I don't know. <sighs> the sentiment's nice, yeah. but the back story is rough. Um, and they're like g- bouncing back and forth, saying what they love about each other. He does it wrong. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Sukasa sucks at everything. Uh, they put on the rings because it's so symbolic, but also that's how they fucking off people here. Yeah. And we see a flash of light in the Ferris wheel carriage, and then he comes out carrying her body, and Kazuki's like, <laughs> she has a line here that I know it's not meant to be interpreted this way, where she says, you did good right up until the end. And I know it's supposed to mean you did good for her and you stuck and, it and out. And he kept his but composure. I, I read it as you did good up until this point where you <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> Look what you did. You fucked it up. <laughs> like, you did good up until this point, you piece of shit. But yeah, he's crying and it turns out that Isla left a note for everybody that's like, a, hey, if you're reading this, I'm fucking dead. I loved you guys. You were pretty great. Make the most of your lives. You made the most of mine. Some shit. I, I like that Sherry was, uh, who was shown to be like a somewhat stoic, even like severe character in her, uh, mm-hmm. and how she held herself, uh, was completely emotionally wrecked by by yeah. all this. Like she was broken. But yeah, and then like, so he's upset too, and everybody's reading the letters, and then it just kind of like cuts to the credits. So, and there was something I thought they were going to do here, and I'm really kind of sad they didn't, is I thought Isla's letter was going to contain more about how rewarding it was, like, performing these emotional services for everybody, and like that being the reason that, oh, we're expanding this to every office, not just Terminal Service 1. But nope, don't touch that at all. No, (laughs) don't care. That plot doesn't matter. Don't care. They could have cut yeah, out all it, the other all the other divisions existing. Could have cut wouldn't them have mattered. out. Yeah. Wouldn't have mattered. But then, like, so the credits start rolling. This would have been an okay ending. It would have been. However, we get this after credits scene. So nine months where later, he's on the elevator that he met Isla on and he's like, how would I carry myself if my life was predetermined and I would live life to the fullest? And he did some training course. I don't fucking know. And he goes Combat back to training, Terminal hopefully, Service because one. they're expected to. Yeah. He goes back to Terminal Service 1 and they're like, hey, meet your new partner. And they don't show the partner, but then he shakes a little girl's hand and I'm like, God, God damn, damn it. it. Yeah, <laughs> it was another child. <laughs> And then that's the end of the Man, anime. Man, wouldn't it, it would have been tight if it was a rebooted Isla, 
and him just I think <laughs> that was kind of the implication. I think that was the implication. <sighs> yeah, but if they would and have shown he's... it and just have him just like just have some like a flash of pain and then like acceptance yeah. or something. And then like a nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you, you or know. something like that. That'd have been uh, but whatever. What about nice little fucking bow. Kuz- Kuz- uh, Kazuki from the back yelling, try not to fuck this one. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, also, uh, also verdicts. the the Isla character, her voice actor did Aqua in Konosuba. <laughs> fun, fun fact. All right. Which never crossed my mind because she is unhinged as Aqua in Konosuba mm-hmm. in, a, in a great way, in a great way. Yeah. Anywho, final thoughts. Um, what did you guys place. think? Score one to ten to the tenth place. Well, you, you went first. If you do it, I don't... no, Marcus, you went first. Oh, I yeah. thought Dane went first. No, okay. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ! I'm gonna go th- three. Ooh. I hated this. Uh, I hated this so much. There was some stuff that it could have been there and could have been good. As I stated, the premise itself was cool. They alluded to some cool things. Episode four and five had some moments of like, oh, this shit is getting real. And this is an interesting plot. But then they never came back to it ever a fucking again for no goddamn reason. Sukasa sucks. Fuck Sukasa. All my homies hate Sukasa. I don't like this whole other people exist for the pleasure of this person. Yeah, that's horrible. Fuck him. He doesn't he didn't earn any of this shit. Like, oh Jesus Christ. I had so many fucking problems with this anime and I didn't enjoy 99% of it. And then the small 1% that I did enjoy was not enough to make me rate this higher. As I stated before, it was a quarter wrapped in dog shit. There might have been something worth something in there and some slight sparkles, but I don't want to sift through dog shit to get something that really wouldn't be worth my time. Three. All right. Nick? All right. I, despite my many issues with it, am still on the slightly positive side. (laughs) So I'm at a 5-5. As I mentioned, really like the aesthetic. Setting had a lot of cool stuff. Ending was awesome. Liked a lot of the other music cho- musical choices as well. Just so many issues with cool stuff mentioned but not expanded upon. So a lot of missed opportunities and then just a complete failure to develop the relationship between the main characters in a way that made me, one, believe that first off they fell in love with each other because there was really no evidence as to why they would have. And yep. two, to care more about their and their relationship having to end due to this ticking clock. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, God, what a bunch of wasted, wasted potential for like the story. And they just had, they had like an ideas guy who was just like, Hey, we're going to have this kind of like cool thing. We're going to, I like the blade runner. I like that Nicholas Sparks <laughs> movie. We're just going to do it all, but shitty. Um, I don't know where this voice is. I don't know what I'm doing there. Um, <laughs> I was kind of wondering. <laughs> it's inexplicable. And 
God, they just had some cool ideas, but it was just everything was so centered on Sukasa. I hate his character so much. I can't even make a joke about Mikasa as Sukasa. Okay, I, I've, I've been trying to. Th- I've been doing this for an hour and fifty two minutes, and I cannot make something that would work for him. And I really want to. I just need you to know the writers couldn't make something work for him either. <laughs> it, you'd think it'd write itself. Um, but God, it was. Yeah, everybody was just there to serve Sukasa in one way or another, and it just sucked. Um, but like animation, when it wasn't weird, doing weird sideshow stuff, they did decent enough. Uh, some of the background shots were pretty good, and the character designs were interesting enough. The music was fine. There was some light jazz at one point with the mob, I guess. Um, but. The best I got is 5.0. It's just a, just a middle of the road. It exists. It's 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 good. Balances out the bad somewhat in just a five. Hmm. You boys are generous. <laughs> I was not expecting to come in with the high score when, when we recorded. <sighs> I, I honestly thought I would be on the higher end with a three. I, I, I just I just can't say that it's like it's not there aren't an, there isn't enough bad it's just the, the when like story is like maybe half of a score that's all of the five points that are just gone for me <laughs> but the rest of it they executed okay on so that's why it's just getting like an okay fun fact Marcus and I have the identical scores we have for pretty derpy <laughs> no. oh shit you we I scored both those a five five and Marcus scored both those a three. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> oh, I, God. I didn't think Pretty Derby was that bad. Um, I also hate Pretty Derby. <laughs> my, my, <laughs> my feelings to this are similar to my feelings for Pretty Derby. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about this for two hours. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts before we put a bow on this one? But but before we uh, retrieve this episode, so to say. Uh. Stop. Sorry for writing Walk to Remember, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, no, I, I got nothing. I'm done. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, then we accidentally getting a trash episode. My bad. Um, <laughs> but this has been the hey. Anime Backlog Podcast. We'll catch you next Wednesday. It wasn't as bad as monochrome. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) See ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Anime Backlog Podcast, featuring the 2015 anime, Plastic Memories. Next week, we'll be back with episode 42, and Nick will be back in the host chair. This episode will feature Dan, Marcus, and Nick going through their thoughts on the anime, The 100 Girlfriends Who Really, 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 Really Love You. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and a review. Tell friends about the show and follow us on social media. We really appreciate any and all support in growing the podcast. You can follow the show on most social media platforms to get updates at the handle at the Anime Backlog. You can also follow us individually on Twitter, Dan at Avarice77, Marcus at MarcusRVO, and Nick at NickSparts. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will catch you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.
Você é o 